Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for this week comes from Luke, the 18th chapter. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, and even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Here ends our gospel lesson. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. I'm going to ask for a little help from my kids and anybody else who knows this song. It's from I Just Want to Be a Sheep song. And we're going to do one verse, okay guys? Uh, So it goes like this. Uh, well, the, the chorus goes, I just want to be a sheep, ba 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 ba. I just want to be a sheep, ba 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 ba. And I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I just want to be a sheep, ba 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 ba. And then we do fun verses. Like, are you guys ready? I don't want to be a Pharisee. No, I don't want to be a Pharisee. Why not? Because they're not fair, you see. I just want to be a sheep, ba 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 ba. I just want to be a sheep, ba 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 ba. And I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I just want to be a sheep, ba 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 ba. Thank you guys. <laughs> oh, I learned that song, I think it was in middle school at Bible camp. And I have sung that so many times for so many years. It's interesting how that goes. But. Uh, The point of that is just to kind of comically get into talking about Pharisees and the like. Uh, We hear about a Pharisee in our parable and a tax collector uh, from Jesus' time. In the time when Jesus lived, the Judeans were under the control of the Roman Empire. And um, the Roman Empire was really interesting... uh, Uh, in many ways, and very oppressive, probably even in more ways. But one of the ways that was interesting was it was actually really uh, pluralistic and allowed um, for each kind of conquered nation and culture to kind of keep doing their own thing so long as they paid just crazy high taxes to them. So in this parable, you see two of those uh, Judean kind of groups represented there. And the Pharisee is kind of the religious authority that was allowed to keep teaching the Torah and the laws of Moses and the things like that. And then you have the agent of the Roman authorities and their taxation policy 
in the person of the tax collector. Now, uh, of the ancient Judean religious groups, um, we, of, of Jesus' time, there were kind of three big uh, and main religious leaders, if you will, or groups of leaders. Uh, and the ones were from the more urban and kind of centers of power, if you will, in Jerusalem, out to the very desert and wilderness spaces themselves. The verse we didn't sing from our song is about the Sadducees, right? The Sadducees were uh, the group of temple priests and uh, scribes, and they were found primarily and almost exclusively in Jerusalem. Uh, they thought that all worship should be in the temple, primarily in the temple and only in the temple. Uh, <clears throat> And they were incredibly ritualistic, focusing on sacrifices and, uh, and the like. And their main interaction with Jesus we see in Holy Week, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, flipped over all their tables, drove out all the animals that they were charging people high prices to pay for, and the like. Um, Jesus' interaction with them was very... Uh, one of great conflict and uh, confrontation. Um, but Jesus didn't actually interact with them so much uh, as he moved throughout Galilee and all the villages and the like. Uh, the, the Sadducees were very much uh, kind of in line with the Roman status quo, as oppressive as it could be, because the Romans gave them their temple and kept Jerusalem as the seat of their power. So even though they were kind of in charge of God's holy places on earth, um, I would argue that they had an unholy relationship with their oppressors. Another big group we have is the Pharisees. And they kind of uh, feature the most in our gospel readings. Jesus interacted with them all the time. Oftentimes their kind of conversations were... Uh, could have be confrontational as well, where they questioned and critiqued things and went back and forth and the like. But the Pharisees were in uh, out throughout the countryside and they were in the towns and uh, kind of all throughout Judea and beyond. And the Pharisees focused much more on scriptures, teachings, the law. I would say uh, modern-day rabbis are more likely descendants of the Pharisee group and way of doing things after the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. And that uh, kind of gathering around scriptures and teachings of scriptures uh, is what Pharisees were known for. They were leaders in, their, in these towns and in these communities and in these synagogues. And they were um, kind of more like your humble small town pastors, right? <laughs> Out throughout uh, the villages and uh, centered around teaching and the like. Uh, the last kind of group uh, was, I would say, a bit more extreme. And they were called the Essenes. And the Essenes were um, sort of like desert monks, um, but uh, very zealous towards uh, and passionate towards in their faith, and uh, passionate against the Ro their Roman overlords. 
uh, and they dwelt in the desert and they were very much against uh, being vassals of the Roman Empire and all that and believed that God's will uh, involved heavily resisting uh, the authorities, um, particularly the imperial authorities, uh, but then also any uh, Jewish groups that sought to, like the Sadducees, for instance, uh, sought to be in line with the Roman oppressors. We think uh, John the Baptist, for instance, as he stood out in the desert and ate bugs and railed against everybody and everyone. He was a good Essene. As far as we know, uh, interpreting uh, Jesus himself seems to have kind of been, at times, appeared to us more as a Pharisee and other times as part of this Essene group, you know, as he lived as a homeless teacher, uh, kind of moving from community to community. We know he engaged with the Pharisees in discussion and uh, argument quite a bit. Um, and he kind of taught like they did, but at other aspects of his life, uh, he seems to have been more of an Essene, perhaps. Um, <clears throat> as I mentioned, uh, the Sadducees' importance went away as soon as the temple was destroyed. They staked uh, in 70 AD, uh, and it was destroyed by the Romans in response to Jewish revolts against their rule. And uh, the Sadducees' center of power was basically exclusively, primarily, and only connected to the temple. This physical space on earth that once it was destroyed, uh, so was their power. The Pharisees, by contrast, uh, seemed to really double down on laws for holy living. The Ten Commandments, obviously, all the other laws throughout the books of uh, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, but then they added on to uh, those laws so many more, just hundreds and hundreds of laws of how you're supposed to live perfectly, how much money you're supposed to give to God, how much you're supposed to fast, as we heard from our gospel reading uh, for this week, and so on and so forth. Their, the righteous life to them was a, a life of holy living, following all these rules that could be followed by anyone from anywhere. Uh, didn't rely on being followed righteously in Jerusalem, but also out in places like Nazareth and Galilee and all the far country places, right? But as these things go, as you come up with rules for holy living and who qualifies as a righteous person and who does not, Quickly, hypocrisy follows. In our parable, we hear about another vassal of the Roman system, and that was the tax collector. Unlike the religious leaders that were allowed to kind of lead their own people more or less how they saw fit, the taxation system was severe, direct, controlling, oppressive, and uh, was mandated by Rome itself. To be a tax collector meant you were working for the oppressor, it meant you were selling out your own people, and it meant you were part of this unwanted, uh, terrible, heavy-handed system. They estimate that uh, areas, provinces like Judea were taxed, the average person was taxed at 90% 
of their income had to go to government. And unlike, you know, socialist countries in Europe where a lot of those taxes go for healthcare and education and stuff like that, that money was almost just straight out the door to the Roman army and the Roman leaders, um, you know, throughout the empire. So they got nothing back in return. So this tax collector, he, he was paid by collecting all the taxes, all these heavy, heavy taxes that Rome required. And then he got paid by asking for whatever more he wanted. With Roman guards at his back, he got to take all that he wanted from his own people. And so his power, his role in this story is not as one advocating for his own people, but rather for their oppression, their impoverishment, their heavy, heavy taxation, and the like. His power was aligned with Rome and the empire. And both of these come to pray. The Pharisee comes with all his self-righteousness, all his self-importance, all the ways he knows that he follows the law, and especially and interestingly, all the ways that he knows how he is better and more righteous than this tax collector. And he comes with that proud, boastful heart that is so sure of his own self-righteousness. And he comes before God, just reveling in his own greatness. He says, thank you, Lord, for making me better than this guy. Tax collector. He comes with a contrite heart, repentant, humble, knowing that he is not great, but God's mercy is. He comes with a heavenly humility, knowing that no matter what he has done, God's greatness and love is more powerful than all that. He comes contrite, with a low view of himself, being honest about his mistakes, honest about his place in the world, honest about his place over and against his neighbors. He says, and he says, <clears throat> as we hear once again, but the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me, a sinner. That is the heavenly humility that is modeled for us in this parable. And Jesus says, all who exalt themselves like the Pharisee will be humbled. For they are not fair, you see. <laughs> and all who humble themselves like this tax collector will be exalted. For that is what the Lord wants of us. God wants us to emulate that heavenly humility. Know that we are not perfect or awesome or have it all together on our own, but instead acknowledge that any greatness that we have comes from the hand of God itself. Any exaltation we experience in life is a gift from God himself. Any mercy we know comes from the love of God directly. God is good. God's mercy knows no end. And God can save even the tax collector. And more than that, God prefers the tax collector 
Because he comes before the throne of God with that heavenly humility that is so wonderful and perfect in its own right. So wonderful and perfect in its imperfection. And God will exalt the heavenly humble to heights that are unimaginable. So we come confessing week after week to follow that example. And we are reassured of our forgiveness and the love and grace of God week after week again and again. For God's love will know no end and his mercy endures forever. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.